welcome back to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy, and we have uh, a continuation. As promised, it's Final Destination 2, give or take one week apart. <laughs> right. And uh, just, <laughs> I have so much to say about this movie because it traumatized the fuck out of me, and Andy thinks it's the funniest thing to do to scare me. I think this one's probably, when you think Final Destination, I think this is the one people go to first. I think so, yeah. Final Destination 2 came out in 2003. Uh, I was really young and I had already started watching horror movies. And, uh, you know, I feel like I feel like in 2002 or 2003, we had started like watching more horror movies in the basement. I think I was probably fucking. I was I was eight or nine. <laughs> Let's see, two thousand three. I was in second grade, third grade. Because I I was not I'm watching like, scary movies. That's for sure. I blame horror movies. Scary movie three had come out. I definitely watched that. Uh, the haunted mansion. Dreamcatcher. <sighs> I think Dreamcatcher was the one that like fucking traumatized me and I kept drawing the same symbol that was in it. <laughs> uh wow, really? Wrong turn, Gothica, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Freddy vs. Jason, Darkness Falls. Yeah, I was totally watching some of these when I was that age. That's scary. I'm weird. I don't remember when I really started watching those movies, but it was not like that. The only thing I was watching was that Disney monster, that Disney Channel boogeyman show. Don't, be uh, afraid don't of look the... under the bed. Don't look under the bed. Oh wait, well, don't be afraid of the dark is great, but like, don't look under the bed is like yeah. one of my favorite Disney movies that ever. One, that one fucked me up, so I did not. Watch I know. Movies. <laughs> I, I know. Um, I blame my brother because he started he he showed me well I, we were watching uh scary movie and then we watched scream and so like that scared me for a while I, I remember watching the ring with Christy I think I think I also watched that order where it was scary movie first and then I was like this this is funny but it would be funnier if I knew what it was based off of <laughs> so that I watched right yeah exactly those movies but yeah, so Final Destination two came out twenty right, years ago. Then. Jesus, God, Jesus, fuck. Okay, now I make that connection of, wow, that's, I I feel old now. And it is heavily CGI'd, but it's not too bad. It's not the worst for being twenty years ago. Yeah, compared to some of the other ones we've talked about, they came out in two thousand, like the the haunted mansion one. 13 games, yeah. stuff like that. It could have yeah. could have been worse. Uh, Definitely. It was directed by David R. Ellis, who actually died in 2013, 10 years after. Unlucky Damn. number 13, which comes into play later in this episode. Amen. Um, it's, ta it's tattooed on my body, actually. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, want, I want a tattoo. I'm going to get another one. That's Can we get matching tattoos or like sister tattoos or something? 
Yes. On the side. On a side note. When you come to Germany, we'll get tattoos. Deal. It's a plan. It's a date. Sorry, I just hit my thing. That's uh, okay. If if someone donates fifty dollars to our Patreon a month, you, we will let you pick our tattoos. <laughs> it's just horror cats and witch hats, and it's like a ban. <laughs> um, but anyways, anyways but so, David. Yep, David Arellis. He actually started his career as a pro surfer, which is pretty neat. Oh, okay. And then he was like, I don't like the beach. I'm going to become a stuntman or something. I don't know why he switched, but. Maybe he got hurt or something. Uh, and then he eventually moved on up to stunt coordinator, which yeah, he was. Step up the world. I think his first one was Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1978. Oh, have you ever seen that? I have it. It's been a while since I watched it. I think the last time I watched it, Andy was living in his parents' house. Um, it's weird, if I remember correctly. It's very cheesy as of, you know, movies now, but... I think it's often played in in movies as one that's just, like, where they're watching it in the background kind of a thing. It's one of those ones yeah. that's on a lot in those ones. Um, he also worked on the set of the first Harry Potter film as second unit That's director. Awesome. I have no idea what a second unit director is, but apparently it's pretty important. And then he has also worked on Deep Blue Sea. Love that movie. Hey, but I watched that a lot. Waterworld. Jesus. And a lot of other big water featuring movies. That was like his specialty, which makes sense considering he was like a surfer. Mm-hmm. And then his first big director debut was actually Homeward Bound 2. <laughs> oh, heartbreaking. I have a friend who has a foster dog. No, it's not a foster dog. It's her actual dog uh, that <laughs> loves that movie. And she thinks that she has like a crush, like, you know, putting human mm-hmm. emotions on them on Mm -hmm. chance because whenever chance runs off the screen she runs to the side of the tv like looking for him oh she sends uh snapchats of her dog like watching it and she is zoned in watching this movie it's so cute that's so funny i've been hoping i could find a movie that vax would fall in love with maybe i need to show him homeward bound i don't know that i'm prepared to watch that again no ridley um she likes motion on the TV, but she, if there's dogs on there, she barks at them. We watched one That's, yeah, that had a German shepherd that ran at the screen and she went crazy. And then it runs off the screen and she ran around the TV looking for it and then went into the living room, which is behind the TV, looking for it. Um, I played Scooby-Doo, like the original 1970s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually watched a decent a bit of it. Um, all of the all of the original ones are like on Tubi and shit. Actually, like all of Scooby Doo is on Tubi or something. Yeah, that's where I was watching it. Yeah, as soon as I found out that all of them were there, I was like, oh, marathon. That's yeah. When we were in Puerto Rico, we were watching like Cartoon Network in the mornings, and it kept saying like, oh, playing Scooby Doo, this, that, and the other. And I was like, yes, I love it. And they never once played a Scooby Doo cartoon, but that's what all the ads were for, and I was so upset. Why do you play with my heart? 
Exactly. So I came home and playing games with my heart. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. We need to get back to the movie. Anyways, he went on to direct the classic Snakes on a Plane in 2006. I fucking love that movie. It's so dumb, but it's great. I've never seen it because I hate snakes. I used to have one. I called her my penis head because her scales made a dick and balls on her head. Do you remember that snake? Yeah. Yeah. Akira was awesome. Anyways. And then he also has done the fourth Final Destination film, which Katie and I just realized is called The Final Destination. And uh, we totally have seen that. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) But we we remember certain deaths in that movie. Uh that I forgot I knew, and then it's like it's like trigger memory unlocked. Core memory. Uh, his cause of death is still unknown to the public. He died, hmm. quote unquote, unexpectedly of natural causes in a hotel while getting ready to make a live action version of an anime called Kite in South Africa. They said yeah, that the Johannesburg coroner did an autopsy but they couldn't determine the cause of death but they ruled out foul play so hmm. who knows almost kind of like uh uh what's his face i think he was in full house where he like oh my god what is his name which one in full house the dad oh the guy who did the america's funniest videos yeah. His last name starts with an S. It's Bob it's something? Bob Saget. Bob Saget. There you go. There you go. Thank you. It. You've put it right in my head. So do you remember his death recent uh within the last three years or something? Four years? No. He was I he was found in the hotel that. room. He was found in his hotel room laying in his bed. There was no like there was no like break in or anything like that. It hadn't seen like it, there was no like evidence of anybody else being there, unless I'm totally not up to date on this. But he was he got like head trauma or something. Um, and they were like maybe he fell it he hit his head when he was laying down, and I'm like, but why is he full, fully like, cool? Yeah, 2022. That's when he died. That's weird. How old was he? He was 65. Um, David was 60. So close. But yeah, they, they just said no foul play. Who knows? Uh, poor Bob Saget. R.I.P. I only remember Betty White dying. That's the one that's oh, in my head yeah. for the past three years. At least, she, at least she passed peacefully. And she fucking... God damn her. She made it to 100. That's pretty fucking impressive, man. And she was still like working, which is wild. Yeah, dude, she had she's such a badass. Uh, yeah. So he he died of blunt head trauma, but he was like laying in his ho- bed in his hotel room. Anyways, I wonder if he was. This shit like- just gets gets me talking on random death that I know about thanks to my work now. So I wonder if he was like taking blood thinners and bumped his head and it just made it worse. Maybe. Anyways, in addition to Riddick, who we talked about uh, in the yeah. first film as a writer, right? Mm-hmm. he had two additional writers, including J. Mackie Gruber, 
whose other writing credits include The Butterfly Effect with Ashton Kutcher. I love that movie. That movie's so know- dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super dark. The- it, it, when I first saw it, it kind of fucking it put me through a trip for a minute. Yeah, because the... Yeah, and we, we'll it's probably crazy. cover it because it's wild and I don't want to get yeah. it away. It's, um, a nice, it's a nice thriller, for sure. And then he did the Kyle XY TV show. Uh, the third and final writer is Eric Bress, who has the exact same resume as Gruber, uh, did Butterfly oh. Effect and Kyle XY. Probably came in on Together or something like that. Yeah. And we're just going to dive right into this movie. But... Okay. Final Destination 2's Mass Death Event takes place exactly oh. one year after the explosion of Flight 180. And it's probably the most memorable and often referenced mm-hmm. like, you bet. event you from these bet it is. And that would be the highway accident pileup caused by a logging truck on Route oh, 3. Yeah, sorry. No, you're fine. I'm sorry. And- uh, this shit fucking raised uh, uh a lot of people to be absolutely horrified of logging trucks and and to immediately go around them it and and um andy when we go on road trips thinks it's really funny if i'm sleeping to get behind a logging truck if there happens to be one and then wake me up because anytime i see a logging truck i'm like you need to get the fuck around it you need to go go and get in front of it don't don't you don't you can't be behind it um uh, he thinks it's funny when I panic and I don't like this. Uh, yeah, we I live kind of in the country, and so there's tons of back highways that are logging trucks. Yeah, see, it just it raised a generation of people that just can't. That everybody knows you see a logging truck and. Final Destination 2 is instantly in your head. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what we're talking about. I'm gonna warn and apologize, everybody, because I think I'm getting notifications on something on this computer and it keeps beeping, but I have no idea where the notifications are coming from, so I can't turn it off. <laughs> so they're just gonna be all throughout the recording. <laughs> Sorry. It sounds like they're coming from Discord, but I don't have anyone messaging me so i don't know what's happening they're not the messages from me are they no i got yours a long time ago okay and so well I don't know. enjoy but the beeping guys they're, they're like subtle and it's not an annoying beep but just accept it that's what it's gonna be cool 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 my, the electronics in my house are haunted i swear to god it's well you know i don't know why i was thinking all of a sudden the first thing i thought of was danny phantom uh, First thing I thought of was the like electrocution ghost from Charlie. From fucking Scooby Doo. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I totally know what you're talking about. Oh, I love Charmed. Anyways, so anyways, uh, they were on Route 23 near like White Pines, New York, and the, there was just a huge pileup situation uh, thanks to this log- logging truck. That's just utterly terrifying. Uh, but it's a premonition that a college student had. Her name is Kimberly Corman, and she was driving her and her three friends on a spring break kind of trip. 
but she was able to pre prevent the deaths of some of the people by blocking the entrance to the highway because she was on a merging lane, but her three friends did die, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Uh, but right off the bat, you get some deaths that are related to signs such as like highway construction sign flashing uh, the next 180 feet. And at one point it matches with flight 180. Uh, flight the, the numbers match up every so often from one and two, but uh, a kid excitedly smashing two toy trucks together when they're driving. Yeah, that w I, you know, sometimes kids really frighten me, man. Um, they know shit. I, they know. They do. They do. They can see shit when they're little. They know shit. I, I know it. Um. But the, when when they're when he's when the kid is smashing the trucks together, one of them does look like a logging truck, and Kimberly sees a bus with a bunch of people screaming inside, uh, called they're screaming pile up, which you know that's unfortunate. But they were all a uh, it was like a sports high school sports team or something. So the bus said Mount Abram High School, which was the school that the kids were from in the first film. Uh I didn't make that connection. That's cool. So, little things I never see. <clears throat> uh, as they're driving, there's a news amount, uh, announcement about Flight 180 Memorial that plays on the radio in Kimberly's SUV. Uh, the song Highway to Hell by AD ACDC plays on the radio shortly after the memorial announcement. She kind of switches through some of these. Um, yeah, they make it seem like Highway to Hell is going to be the song for this one. Like the yeah one was... That you always hear. Yeah, for the other one. But it wasn't as prominent in this one. No. Uh, Kimberly and Shania see a man drinking beer in this Heist Pale Ale beer truck. Uh, you know, with a sign that says, drink responsibly on it. Of course. Mm -hmm. And then... One driver has a pool ball chain uh, with the lucky number 13 on it. So that's where kind of the 13 comes in uh, as well. They have so many, like this whole scene is rife with just substances. There's a guy doing clues. Yeah. Someone drinking and driving. They've got marijuana in the car. It's, mm -hmm. it's a mess. There's a cop. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, I don't want to get in trouble. So she swerves right in front of a cop. I'm like, yeah, that makes it yeah. look good. Yep. So, uh, after the whole thing, while Kimberly was watching the television, the clock was showing 108, uh, which is, you know, 180 in just a different version. So, uh, you know, more numbers. Just, just more numbers. And they make it very, uh, I feel like they really just try to point it out at times, too. This is another one where they, like, focus in on things and you're like why is that significant and then later you yeah. find out or you rewatch it yeah. and you're like oh yeah that's referring to that um so after Kim kimberly's premonition uh when the real pileup occurs officer burke who she saved uh he runs out of the car and speaks into his radio for medical assistance and he announces it's a unit number 13 oh his unit number 13 i'm sorry just all so, the 13s. Lucky number 13. Uh, Kimberly also sees a sign that's showing there is a rest stop in 23 miles uh, ahead of them, which is significant because Claire River, Clear Rivers, right, 
still read Claire, and I know it's clear. Uh, her seat on the flight 180 was actually number 23. So all the fucking numbers, man. Yeah, they do it extra. They lay it on extra thick in this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, Final Destination 3 really hits on, like, the song specifically in, like, a tell of how, like, things are going to go. But this one has all the numbers. <laughs> and uh, the number 23 is deemed an odd number in some circles. I don't know if you knew that. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, threes, I thought, I thought they were even numbers. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, <laughs> while some people might think that it's not only just an odd number because it's the number 23, it's also a weird number. <laughs> oh, is it? Sometimes. Um, so besides being a Jim Carrey thriller, it has been stretched and linked to many coincidences. Or are they coincidences? Dun, dun, dun. I almost did it, but then I was like, that's Katie. I wanted to, Katie I wanted to do it. I, I wanted to do it like the sloth from the crudes, but I don't have like I I don't he's got like that really cool squeaky little and voice kind of rap. That's what I that's how I hear it in my head. Dude, it's it's a I love sloths. I went to the zoo the other day and there's a sloth at the Hogel Zoo and it was so cute. Sorry. There's a book series that Connor reads. Um Connor and I read. And it's got dragons in it, and one of the dragons lives in the rainforest, and they have pet sloths. And it's oh. So uh, my dream, I'd be like fucking. Uh, what is her name? She's married to Dax Shepard, Kirsten Bell. I'd be like her when she, when Dax Shepard got her that fucking birthday present of getting to like play with the sloth and shit. I almost said Eliza Thornberry because I did not know where you were going with that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I totally wish I could talk to animals 100%. If you don't know what that reference is, it's the Wild Thornberries, and you need to go watch that show. They need to do a live action of that one. That was a good one. No, they shouldn't. Yeah. It'll ruin no. it. Don't do it that. It just needs I to. Take that back. You, don't have, you don't have Tim Curry as dad, and you need Tim Curry. What a woman. <sighs> His mustache yeah. was impressive. Yeah, it was. Fuck yeah. Anyways, back to the number 23. And I'm sure at some point in that show they reference the number 23, which brings us back to this show. Uh, so in the Bible, uh, there's a 23, I think it's like passage 23, line 23 or something like that. I don't know how to read those numbers. But 23, 23 contains the phrase, what hath God wrought? Which happens to be the first message sent, quote unquote, in code on the telegraph by samuel morse back in 1843 as in interesting morse code in case you didn't pick that up uh if you add up the four digits of 1967 the year that nirvana co-founder kurt cobain was born they add up to 23 uh, rest in peace also the sum of the four digits for 1994 the year he died Oh, Ooh. numerology, right? That's what that shit is, is finding that kind of stuff? I don't know. No, numerology is like oh. predictions based off numbers and like oh. like astrology, okay. but well, like numbers. This is just right. people adding shit up and looking for a link. The number 23. Yeah. Uh, all humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Well, that's yep. generalizing. Most humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes. There you go. In our genetic makeup, 
and the medieval Catholic military order, the Knights Templar, had 23 Grand Masters. Damn. There's something called the 23 Enigma, which is pretty much what the movie, the number 23 is, that, bless you, Connor, that uh, <laughs> the Jim Carrey thriller is based on. But it's essentially mm-hmm. a belief that the number has some sort of magical or mystical significance or power because of all the instances in which it occurs. And those who believe this call themselves 2030ians. It's weird to me that uh, they say like uh, 23 and not like, well, what about five? Because if it's 23, it's also five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it may have all started with author Barnaby Burroughs who Barnaby love it yeah he was clearly a vampire who wrote a short story called 23 skidoo after obsessively writing all occurrences he had with the number 23 because he had met a sailor who said nothing bad had happened to him for 23 years and then he died that year or something like that it was just like lovely something weird happened and kicked off an obsession and then the movie A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe is based on the real life story oh. of John Forbes Nash Jr. Who's I love that movie so much. It's a really good one. Who's beautiful. Led him down some wild paths, including the number 23 being his favorite prime number and seeing mm-hmm. it everywhere. He also may have died in a car accident on May 23rd, 2015. Is oh, what shit. The internet says I didn't verify it. I'll be honest. That's crazy. But, yeah, no, that movie's absolutely beautiful. We watched it in film and literacy in high school. Oh, it was amazing. Um, There's, like, a whole lot more to do with the number 23. Those were just, like, some big things that I found just to kind of break down how people are obsessed with that number and look for it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And anyways, that whole premonition sequence takes 10 minutes, which is fucked up. They should have made it take 23. <laughs> Need to stick with the fucking numbers, bruh. Or 13. Uh, they could have added yeah, three minutes. Yeah, just three minutes. That's uh, one there, extra card. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, there are 18 deaths total in, in this. Uh, and Kimberly prevented the deaths of at least 10 others, leaving 11 survivors, including herself. So, that means we have 11 deaths to go through. <laughs> Um, it's okay. The first three are real quick because those are her friends that you said. Because <laughs> technically yeah. she saved them and then they died. Didn't. <laughs> yeah, and then didn't, as you said. Yeah, so so her, her friends are the first three, which is kind of a bummer because they get hit by the they get hit by the loggering truck first? No, they get, no. They get hit by a van it's in here. You're right. In the yeah. Graveyard. Okay. It's okay. Well, we got this. We're going. We're we're going. Uh, I lost my spot. There we are. Uh, so really, the movie surrounds eight total survivors. And just yeah. in case you weren't getting the numbers thing, um, we'll add some more by saying 180 divided by eight is 22.5, which is rounded up to 23. Jesus Christ. <laughs> in addition, eight plus two. And three from the number 23 adds up to 13. Hmm. All the things that you can find when you can add and subtract shit. Yeah. So, it's revealed that the survivors are dying in reverse order of when they died in the highway pileup that she saw. 
Uh, so whoever died first in the premonition will then end up dying last, and whoever died last, uh, it ha for you know, it, it goes that way. So that means Kimberly and her friends uh, are getting targeted immediately. So you know, they're so yeah they're first, the last to die in the premonition, and they end up being the first ones targeted. Yeah, as survivors. Yeah. So this turns out to be a lot like a larger twist. Um, which is that they all had survived near-death experiences because of some sort of event related to an initial group that, like, the initial group that survived the Flight 180. So they had all, like, had an interaction with, with one of them. And the way that they die in this film is supposed to be the order that the, in, in, sorry, the individuals from Flight 180 were supposed to die. It gets weird, but it makes sense as we go through the graveyard because I'll, I'll say which ones relate to which ones. Um, but it was like a neat twist that they threw in hmm. there, I thought. Uh, I don't think... I, that's that's nothing I ever really like actually noticed, so... Interesting. Very in now I just want to go back and rewatch it even though it fucking horrifies me. They, they briefly... There's like a two-second conversation at one point where they're in a car where they broach it and that's where you figure it out but then they don't ever like touch on it again so mm. it's even though it kind of plays a big deal in this like whole death's design they kind of gloss over it so interesting okay uh so yeah yeah okay but basically uh... it's the butterfly effect which is where something small can happen and cause a greater ripple effect Thus, mm -hmm. inspiring the movie The Butterfly Effect. Which is very good, and we mentioned before. Uh, but, again, so they have these little visions and clues of how each of the persons, each of the people, are going to die prior to them dying. And it's like, it, I mean, like, it's up to, like, two minutes before they die sometimes. Uh, yeah, they do a good so job with... still, like, mixing in surprise deaths and oh yeah stuff like that. So yeah. So, let's get into the graveyard for Final Destination 2. Indeed a doodle. <laughs> so, as mentioned, the first in the graveyard are Kimberly's friends who die immediately. Uh, this includes Shayna McClank, played by Sarah Carter. Frankie Whitman is played by Sean, I think it's Sippos. Oh, he's pretty. He's pretty. <laughs> uh, he's got one award. He was in the 2013 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Definitely saw that. Uh, the Grudge 2. Mm-hmm. And then the third friend is Dano Estevez. Alejandro Ray. Yeah. Such an interesting name. I like it. I like it. There's an episode of Psychic where he says his last name is Estevez, but he says Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Show. 
I don't really recognize anything that he's in as like being. He's in Elysium and uh, Blade Trinity, and Blade Trinity is one of my favorites. Even though I'm okay, I'm I love dumb ass movies that like I think are super cool, and everybody's like those are fucking dumb. I love the Blade series with fucking Wesley Snipes. Uh, Blade Trinity is my favorite because I love Ryan Reynolds and and one of his lines specifically talking about the vampire dogs, which is fucking hilarious. Can't uh, so with anything yeah, Reynolds is in. Right? See, there you go. Uh, but those are like the bigger ones that I think he's been he's uh been in. He also had a super tiny part in Kyle XY, which is only significant because the writers. That's the only reason I mentioned that one. A lot of these, a lot of these actors had like made like a lot of TV show credits. I think I've noticed. So that's them. I didn't recognize them pretty much. Like I didn't see their faces and go, "I've seen you before." But mm-hmm. uh. Basically, all of Kimberly's friends who were intended to die in the car with her in the premonition, uh, they get hit by the truck from hell and explodes. And then in when she saves their... I'm sorry, I said that's super complicated. But when she saves their life, <laughs> they end up getting T-boned by that exact same truck. So she didn't end up actually changing their premonition at all or their fate. Their, yeah. It was just earlier than the before. <laughs> or than the premonition, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the only reason she survived is because the cop pulled her out of the way. So Yeah. And, let's see. Then we, we didn't there's... talk about it earlier, but Kimberly is played by the beautiful, gorgeous A.J. Cook, who is best known for her role in Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also in The Virgin Suicides, apparently. So the next one to die is Evan Lewis, which is super unfortunate because he had just won the lottery for $250. Yeah, he got like a super nice watch and and shit and it all leads into what happened. Uh, He is played by David Petku? 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 Pikachu. It's just Pikachu. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, He's been in things... he's, He's a... He's a Vancouver, British Columbia Canadian. Um, so I'm surprised we didn't see him in Degrassi. That's rude. I was I take that back. Uh, I just love Degrassi. <laughs> That's rude. Uh, he's uh, let's see. He's known for Flashpoint, Goon. He was in Man of Steel. Um, he he's been in a he was in Criminal Minds. He was in CSI Miami, Dexter, Supernatural, Smallville. So he's he's in a lot of. Uh, TV shows. I'll always um, know what you did last summer. Jesus Christ, there are so many of those. So, anyways, he... <laughs> so he just won the lottery, right? And it was for $250,000. And he promptly basically squandered on bullshit. So he got a super expensive watch. He got a ring. like It was like a, a horseshoe ring or something that was like diamond-encrusted and gold. Anyways, he bought a lot of flashy bling. He was talking to some girls. He was a one of those guys. No, no. The girls were talking to him cuz they were like Yeah. I they heard. left messages. They Jeez. left messages on his fucking uh home phone answering machine and kids these days don't understand what that means. <laughs> he starts uh the, his his death starts by uh him he he lights his gaslit stove. As he's trying to make 
food really fast. I think it's like fish sticks or something. And he spills oil all over. And then, of course, there's that death breeze. Um, he's a terrible cook. Absolutely horrible. He has no manners whatsoever in the kitchen. Uh, but he sprays oil all over where his gaslit stove is while he's trying to fucking cook fish sticks or whatever. And, of course, the death breeze comes in. And uh, you can see from there, that's where death is. Uh, his microwave then starts sparking because he put uh, a mag. He put something with a magnet in it because it fell off his fridge. Fell off his fridge. Death. Um. And then his stove stovetop pan catches fire, which he promptly knocks down trying to stop it because he freaks out. And. Uh, to top it all off, his fire extinguisher is broken, so it doesn't fucking work. Check your fire extinguishers, people. They do expire. I think. Yeah, right? <laughs> You're supposed to get them checked. Like, every few years or something. Uh, so, like I was saying, he got that super expensive ring. Well, it falls into the sink in, like, the garbage disposal, and he dies. He, he reaches down to grab it, but um, I don't know about you, Ever since this movie, I also take off my rings before I put my hand down garbage disposal. I never stick Be- my hand in a garbage disposal without turning it off first. Well, obviously. I mean, that, yeah. That's like the... Well, anyways. Uh, he... It's off when he puts his hand in it, though. No, I mean, you disconnect the electricity to it. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Sorry. That's fair. No, you're good. (laughs) But uh, he puts his hand, of course, that has the watch on it into the fucking garbage disposal. So it gets stuck because it's one of those super big flashy watches. Um, And uh, he ends up getting it out and he escapes through his fire escape window but he slips on some random spaghetti that's been tossed <laughs> onto the, the fire escape randomly. It's not random. He came home and the very first thing Oh, he yeah, did he threw it out. That's right. Toss his spaghetti out the window to cook his fish sticks in the pan. And then he yeah, slipped that's right. on it. It's like the ultimate it's... don't litter <laughs> message. Remember that time where we were talking about the show A Thousand Ways to Die? Um, I'm sure there's an episode about that. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I think so, there's a, actually a, they did do a an animated version of this exact thing for an episode, I think is what I read. Okay. Uh, so he slips on that, which he had... So basically he killed himself, but he falls off the ladder uh, and then he's like, oh, I lived! And then it impales him in the eye. Uh, so, yeah. that's That's him. And then there's a whole bunch of signs for how he's going to die. Uh, yeah. In the hallway of his apartment building, there's a baby that the camera zooms in on, and its right eye is missing, and that's the eye that the ladder impales him in. Mm. Uh, there's also a Mount Pleasant ambulance, which it zooms in on, which I'm not entirely sure why Mount Pleasant is important, but that's okay. The fridge magnet on Evan's refrigerator, they spell hay space e as in like hey evan and when Mm -hmm. the h magnet falls into the food it just says i Uh okay 
On the day he died, his shirt read Bill Wall Leather, and this same line could be seen on the car that started the pileup. Ooh, these are cool little, like, hints that the directors, like, slided, slid in, and that's, I like, I would have never thought of that. I'm telling you, for these movies specifically, every single detail is... It's it's connected to something. Something yeah. is connected to something. It's there for a reason. The props people had their job cut out for them. Uh, in the opening credits, an exact exacto knife was pointing at Kimberly's right eye while she was sleeping, hinting someone was going to be impaled in their right eye. Lovely. Evan has a Phoenix sticker on his apartment door, and his apartment catches fire. In Kimberly's mm. premonition, he gets stuck in his car, which relates to his hand getting stuck in the sink. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, burning to death. Fire. Yeah. Uh, the song in the background is Vitamin by Incubus, which uh, references an eye multiple times in the song. Yeah. The brand of mozzarella... Oh, he was making mozzarella sticks. That's what it was. I, I did write it down. <laughs> the brand of mozzarella sticks on the box that Evan was cooking was called Surefire Snacks. Mm. And he owned a 1987 Pontiac Firebird. Um. All of it. That's so cool. Those are so many cool details. Uh, after that, oh, sorry, you no, got you, you got this. You get it. Get it, girl. You, you, get it, girl. Okay. So, uh, Timothy Carpenter. He's a 15 year old son of Nora, who was meant to die in the same way as his mother, which was uh, by their car exploding after being hit uh, by a stray log on the highway. You know, because the fucking logging trucks. Uh, he is played by james kirk captain james T. james kirk. t kirk <laughs> god damn it i love you so much uh he's uh, he's he's been in a fair amount of things i think he's best known for she's the man final destination 2 x-men united and two for money i really recognize his face but i can't for the life of me figure out what movie i'm thinking of him from right i want to it's it's I, f I know what you I know what you mean too, and I don't know if maybe I'm just thinking of him from. He oh 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 fun fact he is in the original Final Destination. He is uncredited as one of the kids at the airport. Oh, I wonder if he's one of the kids in the, the class or just like some random person. Yeah. Uh. So again, he was uh, supposed to die by a stray log that was on the highway and his car exploding. But instead, he gets the glorified death, which, I mean, like, it really is. It's kind of funny. Uh, he, um, he ends up being squished by a falling window uh, as he attempts to chase uh, the sky rats, the pigeons because there's a bunch of them. He attempts to scare them all away, which was really dumb, because he was doing it around a fucking construction site. So, uh, what do you think Which it, what do you think is worse? That, like, his death, with, a, like, a glass pane falling from the sky where the construction is going and smashing him, or, uh, or his ne uh, near-death, like, only near-death uh, minutes earlier at the dentist's office when he nearly chokes to death uh, while he's dealing with laughing gas and a fake blowfish falls into his mouth. I think I would rather be squished without realizing it. It'd be instant. It'd be fucking instant. Choke to death. 
<laughs> and a heartbeat. Well, stupid blow. And there's, yeah. So there's a lot of things that, like, you in during his like whole scene lineup. There's so many things that are like he's gonna die here. Okay, no, he's he's gonna die here. No, it, it, that one. I I I always think that one comes in a later movie for some reason. Never the second one. And then every time it happens, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, that was like, it was like the teacher one where it's like really drawn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, After he, his like near choking to death incidents, mm-hmm. death did appear to skip his mother, Nora, who was seemingly going to be electrocuted in a puddle around the same time. Um, But I, so some people think that they avoided death with the blowfish and mm-hmm. her not being electrocuted. But I don't think that those were the, like death's real intended ones. Cause if they had right. actually prevented their death or like been saved, then um, it would have gone to the next person. It wouldn't have come immediately back around to them. Right. Exactly. Right. So there's a theory that the blowfish thing was like legitimately just an accident and the fact that the assistant walked in and saved him could also be part of death's design, trying to keep him alive for his real intended death. Because as we'll gotcha, show, yeah, as we'll show later, you cannot die without death deciding how. Um, yeah. So the real death event for Tim was going to be the glass, uh, the glass thing. The, yeah, the glass paint falling on him yeah, from thank you. this guy. Um, and then some people say that the mom also should have died that way, but a construction worker grabs her at, in the mm-hmm. nick of time. Um, I also think that's bullshit because then that would have been her save and it would have gone to the next person, but it doesn't because she's the next one to die. So- I don't think he grabs... I don't think the construction guy grabs her before it happens. I'm pretty sure he grabs her after she tries to, like, run to him. It's No, because she sees the thing falling, and so she turns and says, Tim! And that's when the guy turns and, like, puts oh. his arm out. I don't think it... She might not have gotten there in time either way, but the idea is that it. some people perceived that she was supposed to chase him and they were supposed to die together because that's yeah. how they die in the car. But then it would have skipped her, and that's not what happens. It, right. She's immediately next. So that's how I'm perceiving those. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then the signs for this one is uh, some of these are reaching, I'll be honest, but I just pulled mm-hmm. anything I could find from anywhere. Uh, so the fish falls on him. That's some people think a sign that he's gonna something's going to fall on him. In the opening credit, there appears to be a puppet hanging on a string, and the shadow looks like a glass pane falling on someone. Really? While Kimberly's out and about, she sees pigeons flying towards her. T- sorry, towards her, but there's not actually any pigeons around her, and she also sees it through a reflection in a glass window, and that's what she takes as this is how he's going to die. So then she goes to the dentist's office and sees pigeons and yells, Pigeon! Because that's helpful. Uh, the song Rocky Mountain High by John Denver is heard 
very lightly in the dentist's room, which is the song from the first film. Uh, it says that the plane that kills Tim, I'm sorry, the glass pane that kills Tim is visible from the dentist's office, and it is like in the background swinging at one point when he's uh. trying to like drill into his mouth. Yep. A pigeon smacks into the window of the dentist's office, and there's a superstition that when a bird hits your window, then somebody you know is going to die, but also he gets killed because of a window and a pigeon. <laughs> uh, Tim is standing in the intersection of tiles at some point, making it look like an X, like he's standing on the X, X marks the spot, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the dentist's office, the fish tank has a skull inside, and then... Oddly, there's a fish that gets, like, stuck to and dies because of the suction thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering why that was, like, a fucking... It's just a morbid part they added. It's not a predictor of anything, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Maybe it has to do with the sucker in the dentist, like, mouth, the mouth sucker thingy that gets stuck in his mouth, right? I, he doesn't... That's not his death, so I don't know. Couldn't tell. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the pigeons actually breaks through a window and gets inside the waiting room. And according to some superstitions, a bird being inside a building means that someone in the building will die. Hmm. Uh, God damn. Also a part where Tim is reading a Stephen King novel in the dentist's office, but I could not remember what novel he was reading and I didn't write it down. And then I didn't go back and look at what it was. So that's fair. He is if reading. you find it, tell us. <laughs> I'm sure that it's important <laughs> and it predicts his death somehow. It has to be connected some way. With these directors, it's connected. Um, but before we jump to his mom's uh, death and tombstone, we should note that at this point in the film, Kimberly hunts down Clear Rivers, uh, who is the only survivor from Flight 180, and she finds her in the Storybrooke Mental Hospital, where she has survived by placing herself in a white padded room, tracking death through newspaper clippings, and uh, it's it's intense. <laughs> yeah, that's she, not uh, what I would consider living. <laughs> I'd rather just no. die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just being locked up. Um, and choosing to. At one point, Kimberly's like, "Like, is, is she that dangerous? And they're like, no, she requests this. Which is why she's able to so. check herself out whenever she wants. Yeah. So Kimberly convinces Claire to leave the asylum and to help them dodge death and, and be like her. Uh, they end up back at the coroner, who now works in like a cave-like space kind of deal. Um, and... His grand insight into this film is that the new life prevents the death. Which I think it's kind of funny that they go back to him, but you know. If you believe he has death, he is death or has something to do with it, then sure. Well, he was the one who originally told Clear and Alex right. death's design, so she was like, let's find him. And he decided that it would be a great time to pull the nipple piercing out of Evan's body while they're sitting there. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, so, basically, what he's saying is to prevent is to prevent death with new life. It's uh, if the pregnant lady who was destined to die in in this car crash with her baby, uh, if she has this baby, then boom, the death can't go after these people for until later, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it basically just terminates the idea of death going after these guys because of the new life so 
throwback to the alternate ending uh, originally set up for the first film, Kimberly also has a full premonition of someone drowning in the lake, like in a van, which is new for this kind of film as well, just because like that was two premonitions weren't really a thing. Yeah, she has like a like, full-blown vision of yeah. herself drowning, so. Yeah. It was, it was it's interesting. Like a clue, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder if when they cut those deleted scenes from the first film where Clear has the baby and that's how they cheat death, um, mm-hmm. if they did that intending for it to be a part of the second film. Oh, very, it's probably, yeah, probably just because it lines up perfectly with uh, everything that's happening. <laughs> and also just because I don't think I mentioned it later, um, the they were wrong and the pregnant lady wasn't actually going to die. So she does have the baby. Yeah, she, <laughs> and it- she actually never died in the uh, in the first original premonitions. She she was off on the side. So it has nothing uh, to do with them. Yeah, surviving. not that baby. Uh, so back to Nora Carpenter. Uh, they the mom, the mom of the boy, are all gathered in the cop's apartment with Kimberly and Clear, and they're and they're they're fucking like baby proofing this house, and the way they're doing it is absolutely hilarious. And Nora Carpenter is played by Linda Boyd. She has very pretty hair. Mm-hmm. And she's in a lot of TV shows. and smallville they're they have like all been in smallville so far yeah yeah she's she's also in she's the man uh and fast and furious tokyo drift uh but those are like the the biggest ones i saw yeah not a whole lot of like horror stuff she is in in the haunting of bly manor the new series in who is she in that one judy omara omara I don't remember. I need to watch it again because I've only watched that one. I've only watched it through once uh, for The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's a really slow one. It, yeah. I do. I absolutely love The Haunting of Hill House, though. That fucking. Oh, that one was a masterpiece. I can't Anyways. watch the Flanniverse ones back to back because one of his. His. Uh, what's it called? Like signatures i'm noticing is long monologues that repeat throughout the season and those drive me nuts Mm -hmm. it happens in black mass it's a common theme throughout yeah i haven't haven't seen black mass either Um, like they're really good like he's phenomenal i love the stories but the repetitiveness and the long monologues make it so i can't watch it again because i get impatient so that's fair yeah they're just I watched Black Mass and then immediately went into Bly Manor and I was like, Oh no, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. But So yeah. yeah. That's 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 her. Yep. Uh she ends up dial di- dialing. <laughs> yep, she dials. Yeah. She ends up dying when she leaves the cop's apartment after Kimberly and the cop and Clear try to warn everyone about what's going on and they're trying to decide if they believe her, them or not. 
Uh, and she ends up getting decapitated by the elevator, which is like a legit fear of mine. Not for my sake, but I take Vax to work with me every day. And so he's on a leash. And so like I keep him right next to me when we walk in an elevator or anything because I've seen horror stories of like dogs walking on an elevator and then getting pulled up. And yeah, anyways, so she gets decapitated by the elevator. There's a, at the place I worked at, elevators definitely... The doors were broken like this where it doesn't mm -hmm. pick up if it hits you and it, they kept shutting on people who were like walking through the doors <laughs> and like oh, some people's God. backpacks would get caught um so damn it's like a real like this it's a, it, that's that's it, serious shit it's not like unheard of that no i don't know about the decapitation thing but like it's not unheard of that stuff gets stuck in elevator doors like they don't yeah look great no uh, so she gets decapitated by the elevator after she gets spooked by a guy that's holding a box of, like, hooks, like, like hand replacement hooks. Um, and in her hasty exit of trying to get out of there because she's panicked by this guy with hooks, uh, her hair gets caught in one of the hooks and she is half out of the elevator, like, trying to run from this guy, which just calmed down. Again, first death in Final Destination 1. Calm down, unhook your fucking hair, you would have been fine. Yeah, this is uh, another one where you're like, totally preventable, but the panic just yeah. got to her. So she's half out of the elevator with the doors closed behind her neck, and uh, then it starts to go up, and... Uh, well, they also, uh, they have the body, her body, inside the elevator. No, her head is inside the elevator. Her body. Oh, is you're right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Holding it's stuck her body. on the. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I th I saw that the different a different way. But um, another twist in this specific film is that death seems to have built in the fact that someone is having premonitions into the design of each death, which is super like twisted. Uh, so. Arguably, both Tim and Nora were caused by someone trying to intervene. So Tim wasn't okay. looking at the birds at all. But then Kimberly yells pigeons, which gets his attention, and then he runs at the birds. And that's how he mm. gets squished it. Not to say like he wouldn't have done it anyways, but she's, squished she's the trigger. Right. And then in this one, Nora may have been just fine and walked off the elevator but, had they not called her. Yeah, but Kimberly and the group called her and said, hey, we had a vision that it's going to be a man with hooks that causes your death. And, and that so vision is so dumb. Like, can I just say that? It's all about a shadow that is created after all of the shit that they're trying to baby-proof this house, house from. They stuff into one single closet. But that's like the whole premise of the show is that it's stuff nobody else would pick up on. But then this, the cokehead of all the people is like, hey, I think I see a guy with hooks. So they call her and they're like, hey, a guy with hooks. I'm hooks. Yeah. And so she immediately panics and that's why that happened. But if she had just, they hadn't called her, she would have just walked off. And I like that idea about death's design with like the intervening. I think that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. it's playing more on like the butterfly effect right like who knows yeah. what would have happened you can't predict it but it's still like it's just an interesting idea um and then it's like to argue if they hadn't said anything at all and no one figured it out how would they have died you know so mm -hmm. it's neat but anyways signs for her death hit it 
we kind of went over some of them about how Rory, the cokehead, sees uh, the shadow man with the hooks, and they call her. Uh, and the the elevator that's shown myth- like misfunctioning uh, for the group initially when they arrived. You know, like what you were talking about with your work. Yep. Uh, also, when Rory took the elevator up to Burke's apartment, Rocky Mountain High is playing in the elevator. Uh, Nora told Tim some people need rewriting. Later in the movie, she was killed by the elevator because it was malfunctioning. Re- oh, rewiring. Wiring. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's in black. It's written in white with the black behind it, which makes it hard to read. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, Nora told Tim some people need re- rewiring. I don't know why that's hard for me to say. But they need rewiring, which later in the movie, she is killed by an elevator that is malfunctioning. So, it could have used some rewiring. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, that's because the unless sweatsh- you're in a movie about robots, nobody actually uses that phrase to describe somebody. <laughs> true. That's very fucking true. Uh... The sweatshirt that Nora Car- that Nora is wearing while she met with the survivors of Route 23 is very similar to the uh, to that that's used by Pamela Voorhees. So, uh, the if you don't know who that is, the the mom. The, so, uh, and and Pamela is also uh, killed by uh, being decapitated. So, um, there's there's a Jason Voorhees's mom so reference. That's another one I did not validate. Because I've never seen those movies, so that one could have been a stretch. Yeah, she did, but, I mean, like uh, the sweater part. Oh, of it. the sweater thing. Um, I I think if I remember correctly, it's a pink top and stuff like that, which may only be the uh, only thing they're connecting to that besides the decapitation. But okay. I was like, that one's probably a stretch, uh, but somebody online said it, so I figured we could talk about it. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know who Pamela Voorhees is, she's the first killer in fucking. Friday the 13th, which oh, is why... Way to give away that plot twist. Look, if you haven't seen Friday the 13th at this point, it's been out for over 30 fucking years. So, um... Spoilers at this point are inevitable. That's fair. We've actually uh, talked about it before, so it's okay. Yeah, we have. Uh, in Kimberly's Premonition, she can't stop her car because there was a water bottle blocking the access to her brakes, and her car pedal is uh, end up it ends up crushing the head of the bottle, which reminisces Nora's decapitation. Which it wasn't necessarily like crushed, but it it I guess in a way it was. I don't know. Depends on how you look at that decapitation. Crushed by the elevator. I think if I think crushed is like smashed, like the, her head was smashed. The point is that it was the head of the water bottle and the head of her. So mm-hmm. that's another one where I'm sure someone was reaching for it, but it works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the writers weren't like, let's put this water bottle here because it's predicting how she died. They were probably like, how would this, like, what makes sense? Oh, a like, water bottle fuck? fell down there. That's, that could actually happen, you know? Especially on a trip to spring for spring break. Yeah. You know? Well, it's Nora's car that that happens to. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. I don't remember where they were going. But, I don't know if they ever really say where they're going. Maybe not. Maybe they're just driving. Who knows? It, in any case, uh, there uh, is a case of life imitating art. Do you want to do this one? Because I'm going to fucking kill those names. <laughs> I will too, but I guess we'll share. Um, so there is a real life case where a surgical resident 
I'm so sorry in advance. Named Dr. Hitoshi. Actually, I don't I don't have to be sorry because he's dead. But that's okay. Hito uh, Hitoshi? Hitoshi? Uh, I think it's Hitoshi Nikato. Okay. Sure. Would um, die in a very similar fashion at the Houston hospital where he worked at. And this was shortly after the film's release. It was August 16th, 2003. If it had mm. been the 13th, that would have been prime. Yeah. Let me add numbers. Okay, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Ooh, almost. 6 plus 1 plus 2 plus 3 is 12. So we're almost at 13. Oh, one off. Just <laughs> one. Oh. 2003 is 23 with two zeros in the middle. So there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. I'm so good at this. <laughs> we could be a part of this group. Uh, but anyways, this doctor went to catch an elevator at work that had recently reopened after undergoing maintenance and the doors closed on his shoulders due to an improper wiring placement that was not ever fixed. The safety systems were disabled. That's where it like when it hits something, it's supposed to retract immediately. So that didn't mm -hmm. happen. And the elevator got called and he was decapitated when the elevator went up. Lovely. Yeah. That would have been super shitty to call an elevator and all of a sudden there's either a head or a fucking dead body in the yeah. fucking elevator. That's like uh, taking lives when, uh, what is her name? Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yes. Opens it and that's, yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. So shocking. I haven't watched that movie in so fucking long. I like that movie. That's a good one. But uh, Nora does have an alternate death out there somewhere and instead of directly going up in the elevator the elevator is called down because i think they're supposed to be on the third floor um, no actually yeah yeah this i remember this oh maybe i have like the extended version or something but i know this version i know this ending i think this ending might be in some version of like a maybe the director's cut or yeah. the extent or the unrated or something because i think when she goes down she gets decapitated but there's a whole it's a lot bloodier than when she goes up like that scene so it's probably in somewhere. oh i thought i thought i thought originally the elevator goes oh no that wouldn't make sense never mind i'm thinking of something different i have to be thinking of something different i don't know it's out there somewhere who knows huh. the survivors of route 23 are supposed to be like connected to the survivors of flight 180 but you don't find that out until after these three deaths have already occurred and so mm -hmm. there's no way to know how these three people evan tim and nora are connected but if you're going by the order that they suggest it's that um sorry there's a hair in my mouth so kimberly later says that she is first to die because she was watching todd I'm sorry, she was watching a newscast about Todd's death, which prevented her death event, which we'll talk about. Um, so these three, Evan, Tim, and Nora, should have been prevented or should be put on the list because of either Todd, uh, Terry, or Carter would be hmm. their three deaths that they could be related to interesting they got them on the list but they never specify it like i said it's one thing that they throw in there that's really cool but then they like gloss over it <laughs> makes it makes the audience think and remember so 
at least they have that going for them. <laughs> and then the next uh, death. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You go. Okay. You go, girl. You go, Glenn Coco. Okay. But the next sure. death is Cat Jennings. You go, Glenn Coco. That movie's about to leave Netflix today. Oh, Today's bummer. the last day to watch it, I think. You better go watch some Mean Girls, I man. I'm going to. I love that movie. I do too. Uh, but Cat Jennings was originally supposed to die in a hotel gas leak. But she was late to the hotel because the bus she was on is the one that struck Terry from the Flight 180 survival group. Hmm, interesting. Okay. In the Route 23 pileup, she was supposed to die when her neck gets snapped in the SUV rollover. Uh, but of course she gets saved by Kimberly. And then... Her death is crazy. <laughs> hers is probably my favorite for this movie just because of this yeah I, I totally agree i totally agree um so kimberly the cop and eugene are in cat's car driving to go find the pregnant lady to make sure she has her baby driving and, manically <laughs> and there's a car accident uh where she swears cat's driving she swears off the road and she almost gets impaled by pvc pipe and she's like "Woo, that was a close one uh but once again it's a misdirection and so you think she's gonna live and she doesn't <laughs> so she no. she does end up with pvc pipe through her head after a random news van breaks to help them uh the brakes fail causing it to crash into the van and that sets off the airbags which pushes cat's head into the pvc pipe impaling her so it's like a wait up. wait no i thought it was the i thought it was the the fire the fireman when he's trying to pry the door off and he fucking goes for it and it pops the fucking airbag and it blows her head into the pipe oh i, I thought swear it was because of the the car it's i don't know you double check that <laughs> i am okay PVC pipe scene. <laughs> um, but while she's double checking and verifying that, there's a lot that happens. So sorry if we get stuff mixed up. But I'll talk about the signs. So the location of Kat's car wreck, where her tire blows out and this whole thing happens, is at the 180 mile marker. Before the incident, another pipe is shown and gas was running through it. And gas looks a lot like blood, somebody thinks. Mm. Um, Rory is one of the oh yeah he was in the car i forgot about him he's the cokehead he pulls a random passerby brian who's like a local farm kid who's trying to help cat get out of the car out of the way of the oncoming news van um and rory tells him to use his head so cat does and does <laughs> and in the opening uh, credits hold on a pencil yeah. points at the back of kimberly's head in a photo hinting that someone was going to be impaled in the back of the head Okay. Uh, yes, she does die because of the firefighter. Oh, that was uh, she starts, so She awful. starts smoking. So what happens is she starts smoking while she's sitting in the car trying to get the fuck out of the car, but they don't remove the PVC pipe, which would be the first thing that I would ask them to do immediately. Uh, and she makes a comment about the firefighter if he he like being more gentle because he like tri like tries ramming it first and he's like oh yeah i'll do that and then hits it even harder and it blows off the fucking uh airbag and that pushes her head through and then she drops the cigarette which causes the fire okay thank you for fixing that. i got you 
I got you. I corrected everything. I found it. We're good. So now we're should, on the we're on track. You should see my notes for how I tried to write down how each death happened while I was writing. I was trying to read them yesterday, and I was like, what the f*** was I doing? Um, I love the highlighting on it. Oh, that was, that's how I was keeping track of where I was in my notes. Oh, I see. Okay. There's a lot of blue highlighter on there just okay. for this is visual just... explanation. Let me find a good one. Okay, so for Tim's death, skull and fish tank, fish stuck, water leaks, electric outlet, <laughs> bird window, laughing gas, drilling, dentist, and fish trope. Oh, I was just saying, why do dentist office always have fish? <laughs> Tim, I do for real. Choking. Fish falls. Tim runs. Chase pigeon. Glass falls. Crushed. That's how I wrote my notes. So it's... Those are the best notes I've ever heard in my entire life. And it gets worse going on. I, I was, cause well, I don't worry. I'm here I'm here to correct every death scene that that's you've got. So it too. So it's okay. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's how she dies. Um, it's Stupid my favorite firefighter. sequence just because it's so unexpected. I like the unexpected ones. Yeah. Well, and it's so, like, you wouldn't think that the, the firefighter, like, out of anything, you're like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. And then the firefighter. Anyways. So, after her. And then it's Eugene Nix. Such a cool name. Yeah. He is played by, oh, my thing is slowing down. Hang on. Oops, I clicked on the wrong one. Okay. Um... He is played by Terrence T.C. Carson. Like, his very first death event is that he was supposed to be subbing at a school where a kid brings a knife and stabs his substitute teacher. But the day before that happened, he gets called to substitute at St. Mount Abrams because mm -hmm. the That's right. teacher that dies quit. And so he replaces her instead of the original classroom he was supposed to be in. So that's how he was supposed to die originally. That's right. Okay. Uh, Miss Lubin, sorry. And, uh, yeah, so he nearly dies in this car accident, but because his lung gets punctured. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but Rory, they call the the ambulance, and Rory helps keep. They him race alive, him. So yeah, they race him to the hospital. He gets to the hospital, and then it gets passed to Rory Peters. Uh, Roy Peters is the guy that's doing coke on the driveway on the highway because um, that's really smart to do. He is played by why can't I find His name him? Name is Jonathan Cherry. What a name, Jonathan Cherry. Yeah, I don't know if he chose that name. <laughs> it's just yeah, that could be. He was originally originally supposed to die in Paris, where. He was planning to visit a movie theater, but he witnessed Carter Horton's death where he gets smacked by the sign mm -hmm. and was like, I'm traumatized. I'm going to go home instead. And the theater he was supposed to go visit collapsed and killed everyone inside. Lovely. So on Route 23, he was originally meant to die via explosion after being hit by a garbage truck. Mm hmm. And now Rory is trying to help Eugene when he saves Brian, the farm kid, from being hit by a runaway news van, realizes that he's next. And so he walks off to go smoke or do 
pot i don't i don't know what he was smoking he was smoking something um, i'm sure it was a joint and then like katie said cat dies and drops her cigarette which mm-hmm. lights up the gas that the news van was leaking everywhere mm-hmm. goes to the news van it explodes the explosion causes the like barbed wire fence that farms are surrounded with to go flying towards rory and it slices through his body. It like trisects his body in three different ways. Yeah, this shit. <laughs> I was. I thought that death was kind of funny, but it's really similar to Billy Hitchcock uh, from the first. Yeah, because they're both yeah. like the goofy comedic relief type person who you don't think is going to be like useful, but they kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um, and their deaths were the same order. Uh, they both were like um they were both were dissected or trisected in kind of like a unexpected way so uh the signs for his death uh there's a strong gust of wind which blows cat cigarette out of her hand and into the pipe which indicates death's presence is there he's there he's watching he's He's always watching you mike wazowski uh, at the intro, a cloth near, like clothing near Kimberly's bed, has a line pattern that resemble, resemble, resembles barbed wire. Don't put resembles and barbed next to each other; it's confusing. In addition, the car shown twirling through the air in the opening sequence of the final destination of the final destination mimics the moment like movements of Rory's car during Kimberly's premonition on the route 23 pilot. I'm sorry. I meant to delete that. Uh, oh. The movie, the final destination, the fourth one has mm-hmm. all of these deaths in the intro. Um, oh, okay. And I thought I had caught them all and I didn't. So I apologize, but yeah, that's go watch the fourth movie. So now you'll get all the references. <laughs> A really fucking weird death with a pool. Um, <laughs> so, everybody thinks that Eugene Nix was skipped. But uh, he is now at the Lakeview Hospital. Uh, but a ri- reminder that he was originally killed when he was crushed between his motorcycle and a log. Which was gross and traumatizing for motorcycle riders. Uh Good. Also, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Lakeview is uh, a little like leading as Kimberly keeps talking about driving a van into a lake. So there's more lake things. Why, while in the hospital, Eugene has a drawn out sequence of death prepping his death by closing the room's vents, disconnecting his O2 tank tubes, closing the door, his bed rolling away from life support, like breathing medicine. Which Machine. end up getting, yeah, gets unplugged. Oh, I, I said medicine. <laughs> it's okay. Same thing. Sometimes reading, I, dyslexia is a bitch, you guys. Um, so that get the machine gets unplugged, and all these like, it it ends up making him struggle to breathe because you know, um, one a punctured lung. So this is like Tim's fake death, basically. It's like it's the long sequence. Uh, the emergency battery kicks on uh, on his breathing tubes and he starts breathing again. Unfortunately, what does end up killing him is Claire walks through the room because she realizes that he's in danger. Or she's going to see him, I'm sorry. 
and it causes a spark which ignites the oxygen tank that was unplugged and it, it's a huge explosion which ends up killing him and clear as well so we lost our survivor that was unfortunate I can't remember if Kimberly and the police officer had a near-death experience between that and Eugene's, sorry, Rory and Eugene's death, which reset the list, or if they really just, like, gave up on the list for the, like, idea of surprise for this film. I can't remember. They probably did. At at that point, that's when Kimberly, I think, takes the ambulance and drives it into the lake. No, so I'm talking about, because Eugene survived the car accident yeah um and he should have been that should have been his time of death based off his Mm -hmm. order right um right but and then it would have been rory but rory dies so i'm saying for the list to reset the way it does in the first film um yeah goes through the list and then restarts there should it would have to go through them yeah yeah there there should have been an event between kimberly and the police officer. The cop. Where yeah. they dodge death somehow. Ew! What a thought! What a thought! And it might be in there and I just don't remember it. I can't... I don't know. But, um... Because there's, like, a few instances where they, like, see things that they dodge really quickly. So it might have just been something small that they caught early on just to keep the movie going. Mm. But anyways, not an important part of it. But, uh... Yeah. So the signs for eugene oh the other thing is death is very apparently manipulating things in this one um yeah he death is physically closing the vents it's not like some weird coincidence that these things are happening like in all the other deaths where you're like well i guess that kind of could have happened in one in a million his Mm -hmm. death specifically death was like fuck this i'm gonna do all these things like i'm tired (laughs) maybe he was just mad that he originally skipped (laughs) with the with the punctured lung thing yeah i think death was like this is taking too long Um, he's fuck you yeah so uh eugene earlier tries to take control of death's list by shooting himself with the i think it's the police officer's gun Mm -hmm. uh which was loaded and had six bullets in it but it jams and it doesn't fire so he can't kill himself even if he tries because death is like, no, I will do it in my time. Uh, but a little note is that the gun had six bullets in it and he is the sixth the sixth survivor to die. So more numbers. More more numbers. Uh, Eugene was the guy with the keychain that had a pool ball with the number 13 on it. Mm-hmm. During the time of his death, the milliliters on his oxygen tank go up to 1800. So 180. Mm. In Burke's apartment, you that's a police officer eugene says to clear rivers if death is after you why don't you just stay the hell away from us and then his death is caused because clear walks into the room oh oh, smart i did not make that connection until now in the novelized version for final destination 2 it's revealed that eugene wasn't killed by the explosion but had actually gotten hit by shrapnel and that is how he died i didn't realize there was a book yeah, we'll talk about it later. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff for Final Destination. It's like a whole universe now. Yeah. And in the opening credits of Final Destination 2, there's a mask with black ink on its face, uh, looking like it's burned. Mm. 
Claire was originally supposed to die from an explosion on the plane of Flight 180 and from an explosion in a car, which is how, you know, the end of the last one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now she does die of an explosion. And just before Claire starts walking towards Eugene's hospital room, a sign in the wall behind her reads fire extinguisher, but her head is blocking the word extinguisher so you can only read the word fire. And those are her signs. And thus, Claire Rivers, R.I.P. Ali Larder, dies. Taking it back to Thomas Burke. He is the police officer. And he is played by Michael Landis. Uh, He's... I don't know if you've watched it, but there is a show on HBO called Cruel Summer. It's actually pretty good. I kind of like it. It's pretty good. Uh, so he's, isn't it? yeah, just recently. Um, so he's in. He's that. Um, he may have been meant to die in the explosion as well, but Kimberly ends up stopping him. So, uh, but his initial death was prevented by the train accident that almost kills Carter and actually kills Billy. So when homeboy gets his head slid off. Uh, and in the car accident, he was originally meant to die when he uh, when the log goes through his windshield and removes his head and pretty much the top half of his body. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the part that everyone remembers the most. <laughs> uh, and instead of cleaning up the train accident, he should have been shot in a shootout with his partner. Um but he got called to do that instead. And the only sign that he had anything coming to him is that his call sign was Unit 13, which Katie already mentioned. Um, he, yeah. <clears throat> we do not see him die in this film. He and Kimberly are technically the Alex and Clear survivors of this one. Mm-hmm. But- After that, you think everything's happy, dandy, and good, and done. <laughs> but... Uh, We'll talk in a more in depth later, but just because Katie mentioned it, um, Kimberly, once they realize the baby isn't the new life that will end this, Kimberly does drive into a lake and drown herself um, so that she can be revived by the the uh, doctor that's right there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, they think that because she gets revived, that's the quote unquote new life that ended it. And so they go about just like the last group who flies to Paris, they go about thinking everything's fine, but it isn't. Because why, Katie, why? Uh, well, Brian Gibbons, you know, uh, you remember that time where that boy was saved by Rory, who was supposed to get smashed by a van? <laughs> I love this death. <laughs> it's so fucked up because it's so uncalled for. Um, But he ends up dying from a barbecue explosion during the barbecue that they were kindly invited to, uh, Kimberly and Burke were attending and thus insinuating the cycle continues with Burke and Kimberly fighting death off screen. Um, his arm lands on the kitchen or on the dinner table and it's really funny. I know the mom is like my life is over and those two are like are you kidding me? So he's look at each other. Noel Fisher. The list resets off screen thus Mm -hmm. returning to Kimberly and Thomas. So there is a newspaper clipping in one of the following movies that shows that five years after Brian Gibbons' death, Burke 
went into oh i'm sorry i must just hit my tea okay burke went into a hardware store and met kimberly inside and as they were greeting each other an unmanned vehicle began to drive down the road crashing into the store which kim and burke dodge and as they rush through the back door to leave they meet a wood chipper which did not shut off the way it was supposed to Kimberly gets her coat caught inside the machine and was slowly sucked in, which sounds like another instance where if they weren't panicking, they probably, she could just taken the coat off. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Uh, but while trying to save her, Burke also gets sucked into the machine and both of them are hacked to bits by the wood chipper. Lovely. It's a great way to die. Uh, there are images of this newspaper on the internet that you can read pretty clearly, so I will... I remember trying to post that mm-hmm. uh, but some clues for that one that people on the internet have found because I haven't seen that movie yet uh, the wood chipper that stuck Thomas and Kimberly in is actually owned by Brian Gibbons father the car that started the chain reaction used to be owned by Evan Lewis so it's the firebird the wood chipper oh sorry uh, Thomas and Kimberly's death certificates were signed by Dr. Ellen Kalarjan who is the doctor that brought Kimberly back to life in this film and the funeral services for both were held at Mr. Bloodworth's funeral home in the original Bloodworth, I like it <laughs> that's the coroner mm-hmm. in the original script of Final Destination 3 which we haven't really talked about yet uh, but Kimberly and Officer Burke were supposed to die on train 081 which is a part of the film um but they ended up not bringing them back in for the film and they used other people uh so they were supposed to keep living but they didn't i also read somewhere that alex the actor for alex was supposed to return in this film as well with uh ali larder but there was something that happened during the negotiations for the film and so he ended up not returning but who knows if that's true or not. But that is our graveyard. Exit to the gates on your left. <laughs> and so some additional premonitions that you can see in the opening sequence. There's a journal page that says road trip uh, in Kimberly's room. However, there's a set of keys covering the T spelling road rip like R.I.P. Uh, she has an Alex Browning news article and there's something in there that says look beneath the visible weird sorry look beneath the visible world which is like saying you have to look past to see Jess clues and of Mm -hmm. course there's a breeze always the breeze some other random premonitions Uh, in that newspaper that isn't really a part of this film but we're going to talk about it anyways Mm -hmm. Um, the road that it says they survived is instead of route 23 it's referred to as route 180 i think that's just for continuity Mm -hmm. and the route 23 pileup is the only disaster where there's no on-screen memorial service there are eight survivors of the pileup as we've talked about and i've already said all of those numbers so i'll cut that out okay and that's pretty much it. That's that's what we got for premonitions that we didn't hit already. 
Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about death's design and how to avoid it, but not really because death always gets his prize. Their prize. Sorry. Um, so there's not a whole lot of theories and there's not really theories anyways because the movies explicitly say it. So Right. Uh, but the first one is intervention, which is from the first film, which occurs when someone intervenes in your death, saving you. Uh, it says that if the interventionist is another survivor on death's list, the person who was saved can be skipped, but that doesn't necessarily do anything for the next person. Mm. Um, but as you know, that doesn't end the cycle. It just uh, resets Prolongs it. it yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. I like your word better. Prolongs it. Um, self-intervention is when you manage to save yourself from dying. So I don't know if there's a good example of that in this movie, but in the first one, he like locks himself in the cabin and stuff falls and he's like, oh, see, good thing I caught that. Um, so it's just seeing it and stopping yourself. Hmm. But again, it's just skipping you. It doesn't end the cycle. Right. The other idea is preventing the disaster. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. So those are the two, two big ones. This movie, they talk about uh, new life, but that proves mm-hmm. to not actually happen or prevent anything. Um, they also talk about suicide in this one. You can't break the chain by killing yourself. Like, death just doesn't allow it. Right. Uh, so those theories are out. Um, there's one that's preventing the disaster from occurring or taking lives and this occurs when someone on death's list manages to somehow stop a disaster from occurring or removes those on death's list from the situation this could tie into the theory of the premonitions that we talked about in the last episode where the theory was that someone was time jumping to prevent a different disaster but causing the new one instead uh, if that makes sense uh, but yeah, so I don't know how you would stop the disaster totally, um, but as you know, they do get premonitions, and it does save some people, but it just adds them to the list to die later. And then there's no permanent way shown to cheat death. So I'm wondering if in the sixth film they're going to present something where you can permanently cheat death. I wonder if that's their new big I kind of hope not though. I hope they like yeah, I I hope it just sticks with the theme of like you can't you can't cheat death. In the end, he's still it, they are it's still going to happen. In one of the other movies, uh somebody the theory is that if you replace your life on the list with somebody else who was not meant to die then you could cheat your personal death because like your slot's been taking Mm -hmm. Um, and so they do put that to the test and it does not work so you can't replace yourself like they do in smile Uh, that doesn't work so they present all the theories that people come up with and then they shoot them down which i love like i like that idea And I agree with you. I don't think there should be any way to permanently cheat death. But I'm wondering if that's going to be something they present next. Because I can't think of any other theories that they could could come up with. 
um we've already talked about the alternate deaths that people have had there's not really an alternate ending for this film that i found or there weren't mm-hmm. any big deviations right so that's that and then um just a couple quick additional notes i did find that all the main characters in Final Destination, the first film, were named after famous horror stars and filmmakers of the 1930s and 1940s. And the most obvious was the teacher, Valerie Luton, named after the iconic horror film producer, Val Luton. Uh, Alex Browning is named after Freaks director, Todd Browning, Billy Hitchcock, that's an obvious one, Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. uh, so on and so forth. Additional filmmakers include uh, Mornu, who did Dracula, Wagner, Cheney, Dreyer, who did Vampire, Shrek, he was the FBI agent, uh-huh. who did Nosferatu. In this film, Tim Carpenter and Nora Carpenter, obviously John yep. Carpenter, who's the director of Halloween and so many other great movies. Um, I could not necessarily find... Oh, I know Lewis. that all of them are in some way connected to some like their names are specific to something, but I couldn't find anything mm-hmm. that listed them specifically. I did find that Evan Lewis could possibly be Herschel Gordon Lewis, who was, I don't know, active from 1926 to 2016. He was an American filmmaker best known for creating the splatter subgenre of horror films. And he's often called the godfather of gore. Interesting. Uh, Brian Gibbons may share the same namesake as Brian Gibbons, who's a director of <laughs> Poltergeist 2 in 1986. Why is that such a common name, Brian Gibbons? We knew a gra- we knew a Brian Gibbons growing up. We did know a Brian Gibbons. Um, but I the other ones I googled, but I didn't see there wasn't anyone that like popped out where I was like, oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely that person. Uh, but I'm sure there's a list out there somewhere. I also found that in a, another alternate ending version for Alex Browning of the first film. He uh-huh. gets decapitated by the tail rotator of a crashed police helicopter, which fits in to the the intro where they're showing lots of plane rotators. Because we even we were like, well, I guess they like meant the plane, <laughs> but that's that might have been part of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I found a little bit more about numerology just to end this on. Uh, for some fun notes so these are quotes from Ginny of mystical pal Ginny I think it's a website uh, she has studied numerology for 15 years along with tarot reiki astrology hypnotherapy blah 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 um, and she talks about why 180 like the number 180 is significant obviously there's 180 degrees in a straight line which is half a circle if you complete that circle, then it becomes a 360. 3 and 6 equal 9. 1 and 8 equal 9. Uh, if they see 180 and something bad happens, that means one phase of their life and experiences is completed and they are about to begin another. So much math. Uh, zero is actually considered the God force. I don't know what that means, but uh, they go on to say that whenever you see a zero with a number, it means that it carries extra energy then the number eight as in 180 Mm -hmm. um it can be changed around to zero one eight like the train 
or 108. Obviously, like any other number, it can be changed. I'm not sure why that's significant. Uh, but when it comes to eight, they have to learn to be a creator and how to use manifestation and their gift as a creator. So like seeing all of the clues that death leaves. Mm-hmm. And zero is the number of completeness. One is number of beginnings and eight has two circles. I never draw them like circles. They're more like squamous oval I do. shapes. Oh, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And so that's basically saying what goes around comes around, obviously, for this film. That is why it's the number of karma. It's the infinity Hmm. symbol, you know. Uh, But basically, they're just saying that everything has a beginning, everything has an end, and a series That's why death is inevitable. Yeah. Series of actions and influence from higher forces that take place in between those two points. So that was just some, I don't know, I guess, nonsense that I found. Sweet. I know nothing about numerology. No. Nope. But when I read it in that context, I'm like, I mean, you could say that about anything. So, mm-hmm. so I have a hard time with that. Uh, but on the Final Destination Wiki, they have a list of all the videos that are Final Destination. They have 13 movies listed. Jesus Christ. And so obviously there's one through five, which are like the main big biggest movies. ones. Mm-hmm. But they also have listed Final Destination Dead Reckoning, Final Destination Destination Zero, End of the Line, Dead Man's Hand, Looks Could Kill, Death of the Senses, Sacrifice, which apparently has three different big things in it, which include a bus terminal pileup, factory explosion, and gas 180 explosion, and Final Destination Spring Break. Jesus. I don't know if those are shorts or fan flicks or... I've never even heard of any of them, but they're something. Let's Google one and see what comes up, because I didn't do that. Okay. Final destination. End of the line. Novels. Those are novels. That's why. Ah, okay. They mixed them in. There was a list prior to this that talked about novels specifically, so that's why I thought they were separate. Got it. But yeah, so all of these have novel adaptations as well. Crazy. And thus completes Final Destination 2. There you go. And there you have it, kids. Don't drive behind logging trucks. I was supposed to be logged on for D&D 15 minutes ago. Shit. All right. Uh, so our next film is Ginger Snaps, a werewolf film. My favorite, even though it's super bad. I've never seen it, so I'm super excited. Oh. All right. Oh, never mind. The game got canceled for tonight. Woo! Kismet. Well, that's good. <laughs> um. So we have our next movie, but you can always give us uh, requests or uh, reviews or tell us what you like and don't like or suggest movies i already said requests but you can do that uh all on email or social media uh the my phone keeps going off i'm sorry Uh, we're a mess today but it's okay this is what happens because we put an episode out on time so yeah but yes uh do me a favor nobody walk under any ladders Uh, mm -mm. 
don't fly a plane while listening to this episode. Don't drink and drive. Probably just stay away from cocaine in general. Completely avoid logging trucks. I'm just going to reiterate that one again. Yeah, keep lots of space between you and the logging truck in front of you. Uh, yeah, those are our, those are our hints. Yep. And if death is chasing you, I'm so sorry, but I'm so honored to be the last thing you hear. So. <laughs> we love you. I hope you survive. Hope I hope you survived. <laughs> yeah. If you do, let us know. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll detail mm-hmm. all of your gory incidences from a padded room. We'll come to you. And uh, as she was saying, if you have any recommendations or if you just want to share a story, give us your opinion about these shows. If you've read the books, anything like that, you can email us. At. It's horror cats, witch hats at gmail.com. It's all one word. And it's horror. Horror. H-O-R-R-O-R. Yeah, not horror cats horror cats i guess maybe i should emphasize that more than i mean it's if you're listening to the podcast you know the name of it but i just you know what i thought i should just specify and then you can also hit us up on instagram at horror underscore oh my god horror Horror underscore cats underscore witch hats right yeah yeah that and uh check out our merch store it's on etsy called open past midnight there's mm-hmm. shirts related to the show on there we've got candles we've got random shit go check it out uh, all the funds go directly to this podcast uh we've got to pay for all of the tv subscriptions and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah someday we'll have a patreon uh, we're working on it yeah there's Lots of stuff happening. We'll talk about next episode with Ginger Snaps. Sure will. I also might throw in a little bit of Cursed in there um, for the werewolf one. So just go ahead and That's watch fair. both Ginger Snaps and Cursed with Christina Ritchie in it. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I might do like a comparison thing. I haven't decided yet. Uh, better to be prepared. And tell us which one you liked the most and why. Yeah. So My that, God, Connor's going to town. I know. So he, um, we call him Happy Feet because when he plays video games, his feet kick the ground. He mm. twitches his feet. Um, and he, our keyboards are just really, you can always hear my keyboard clicking away in the background if I'm mm-hmm. looking something up. Um, he's very excited. But on that note, that was Final Destination 2. This is Horror Cats and Witch Hats. This is not our final destination. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and on that note meow